You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest, but this is a little bit different spin on my typical interview. And I'm going to tell you why in a second, but before I talk about that, John Shavaro is the founder of Social to the Limit LLC, which is a social media marketing agency that specializes in Instagram. Now, for those of you that remember, months and months ago, geez, it was probably like four or five, six months ago now, I decided to do an Instagram growth experiment where I was going to go over onto Instagram and try to build a following. And so today we're going to talk about 10 lessons that I learned and John, John and I both learned during this process. And uh, so welcome to the show, John. Thanks for having me. It's really great to be here on the uh, Dennis Brown podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, so listen, I'm excited that you're here. You know, it's really kind of funny how we met. We met this past summer at a coffee shop through a mutual friend and you started talking about Instagram and I had been giving a lot of thought to Instagram, but wasn't quite sure if I really wanted to dig in. And we decided we were going to kind of work together on this growth experiment. And I have to tell you, first of all, thank you, because you made it a lot more fun, a lot easier. And I think without you, I don't think we would have had the same sort of results. So I really appreciate all the help with that. Oh, anytime. And thank you for all the helpful business insight you've given me along the way. I really appreciate that. Yeah, perfect. So again, today we're going to talk about 10 lessons that we learned throughout this growth experiment. But let me start with what my goals were when we first started. When we started this experiment, there was really three primary goals, right? The first goal was to build a real following of 10,000 followers in 60 days, right? I just had that number stuck in my head and I said, you know what? I wonder if I can do it. I wonder if there's a way to do it because I had no experience with really with Instagram. I had never really built a following. I did very little even engagement or viewing or spending much time on there. So I thought that that would be an interesting, you know, kind of challenge, right? The second thing was obviously along the way to try to find and engage with my target market, which is typically B2B entrepreneurs, sales, and marketers. And then the third one was to determine the long-term benefit of Instagram to my business. If there is a benefit, if there's not, if we're a good fit, because not every platform is a perfect fit for every type of business, right? So those are the three primary goals. And, you know, I remember when we sat down the first, first conversation, John, we talked about those goals. Do you remember that? Yes. And I was like, wow, like 10K, that's very ambitious. But I kind of respected the ambition because I was like, well, if I can get Dennis to 10K, I can get anyone to 10K. So it was definitely like an exciting challenge that you presented. And it was like a really, I imagined a future where I got you to 10K and it was very enticing. And I was pacing back and forth. Oh, how do I make sure that we hit this number. So it was a, definitely a good tool for both of us. 
Yeah, it kind of, it almost like it raised the bar a little bit. And what I, what, what we did that was really smart there was we set some very defined goals, right? You know, we didn't just go into this and say, hey, we're going to start posting on Instagram and we're going to see what happens, right? I mean, that's a strategy. It's just not the type of strategy that I typically deploy. I'm either going to kind of go big or I'm not going to go, right? So, so now we're going to talk a little bit about some of the lessons that we learned. And we're going to try to keep this short because I know you guys are busy, but there are 10 of them, okay? So here's the good news, right? You don't need to write all these down. I've created kind of a cheat sheet that's going to share all 10 of these lessons that you can get access to. And I'm going to, I'll give it to you now, but I'll give it to you at the end again. What you'll do is you'll text 44222 and you're going to text the word IG lessons, IG lessons to 44222. I'm going to give that to you again at the end. After you listen, you'll be able to get this cheat sheet and um, you'll be able to kind of refresh yourself after you're off the podcast of what these 10 lessons are and hopefully they're going to help you. Okay. So the first lesson that we're going to talk about today is one of the things that I was a little bit surprised about, and I'm going to ask for your feedback after I share it, John, which is only do contests and giveaways where the prizes are directly related back to your brand product or service. For example, we gave away a smartwatch worth a few hundred bucks. I've seen a lot of people give away cash. I've seen a lot of people give away different types of really enticing electronics or gifts. But what I found is that even though you might get some followers from that, a lot of times after the contest or the promotion, they leave. So what we did do, I thought that worked pretty well, was I gave away a LinkedIn training program that I created, an online course that was valued at about a thousand, over a thousand bucks. I gave that away and, you know, that was kind of in line with my brand and I thought that that worked much better. What were your thoughts on it? Well, I definitely think it's a story of even when it's a giveaway of product market fit, you definitely want to be able to give away something to people that you want to engage in the future with. And so, in my opinion, the impact was broader for giving away the smartwatch. The impact was all over the place. We were getting people who didn't speak English. We were getting people who were probably not even supposed to be on Instagram making accounts just so they could get the smartwatch. And at the end of the day, that's not really a long-term follower. That's not someone that you're going to want to interact with over the course of a year on Instagram. You might see them one or two times a year versus you're giving away something in line with your brand. You're giving away a course. They're kind of putting in the work. They're in a mindset of self-improvement almost. So they want to kind of continue engaging with you. So that's one of the reasons why if you're giving away something on Instagram, you really, really want to figure out, okay, who is my kind of target demographic? And then how do I uh, target the giveaway towards them? Yeah, I think more specific, catered specific to your audience, like that example of my LinkedIn training, obviously people that are focused on business and generating leads and building a following online, that's the sort of training that they wanted. Anybody, you know, we had all, like you said, we had people from all over the world that were trying to get into the contest, but they really weren't my target market. So they, long-term, there was no value for me or for them other than the contest. So that's a big one that we learned. And trust me, it's an expensive one. That watch wasn't cheap, right? So no. I hope I can, I can save you guys some time and energy and resources and even capital with that tip in itself. And it kind of jumped off the top of my tongue when I put this list of 10 together. So number two, this one might piss a few people off and that's okay because I got to keep it real. And this is what I told John. And I think John's going to agree with me here. 
is that, you know, doing organic and paid collaborations, right, is a great strategy for building a following on Instagram and getting followers, right? But you have to vet very, very carefully the paid collaboration partners and the Instagram agencies that you decide to partner with, that you decide to use. Because there are a ton of, for example, theme-based account, like let's say like a motivational account that has motivational memes and videos and content, and they might have hundreds of thousands or even millions of followers on the outside at the appearance level and thousands and thousands of engagements on each of their posts. But the fact is, most of that is manufactured and not real. Now, I'm not saying that every profile is like that, but I'm saying there are a lot of people out there that have these profiles where they have tons of fake followers and tons of fake engagement. And here's how I know that. Let me give you an example. We did some paid collaborations with profiles like that. And, you know, their average, let's say, for example, they're averaging, you know, they had hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers, and their average engagement on a post was like 3,000 likes and comments, right? And then we would, they would do a shout out for us, which would be very much in line with the way that they would do their normal content. And we might get 100 or 200 engagements. So, I mean, the engagement dropped off so much between their normal organic posts and our shout out that it just really raised my suspicion. So, after doing a bunch of research and kind of looking behind the scenes with some tools as to, you know, who their audience is and kind of how their engagement works, you know, that's a big lesson. There's a lot of fake accounts out there. So, be very, very careful in how you vet these paid shout outs and these paid collaborations. Now, John, I know you have something to share on this because you're the guy who spent a lot of time vetting these guys and, and doing the research and understanding, you know, what their accounts were all about and were they legit. So what did you learn from it? Okay. So aside from the basics, you know, an account is fake. If you look at the like to follower ratio, that's kind of an obvious tell, but past that you have people who are looking at these Instagram accounts as almost a side hustle. It's a very dishonest side hustle. What they're doing is they're paying for a bunch of likes on a post they're charging people for shout outs and then they're uh, even paying for comments and the comments are becoming more and more unique too. So you have to really comb through every account and make sure, okay, the comments, they seem real. Look at the accounts that are following. Look at those comments. Are they real accounts? And a lot of times these accounts don't exist in a vacuum. There's a web of fake accounts. They're part of a larger service. They all promote each other to give the appearance of reality and break in marketing dollars. But over time, especially uh, with our experiment and what we've learned, once you really like look at those comments, you look behind like who's really like making these posts, you can figure it out. But it takes a lot more effort than it used to kind of suss out a fake account. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's really funny. I mean, it's just, it's really just an arbitrage, right? If they can put a post up and, you know, it costs them let's say it costs them $10 to get 3,000 likes. And I don't know the cost, right? But it's very low and they get 3,000 likes, but they're able to sell a shout out for 75 or 100 or $150. You obviously see where there's a delta in the cost where they're putting profit in their pocket, right? So, I mean, you know, and again, I want to reiterate, not all profiles are doing this, but there are a lot. So the advantage of working with maybe someone like John or another agency that focuses in on Instagram is that they will vet those accounts for you or they've already vetted the accounts and they already have people established in different target markets, right? So that's a big advantage 
of working with, with an agency like John, right? All right, number three. I have a running list of accounts that Dennis will never work with again, and it's pretty long. <laughs> yeah, and there's a and there's accounts that we will work with again, but that's a yeah. much smaller list. Yeah. But again, that just takes time to develop those types of resources and assets, you know, for your business and for John's business. So, 100%. number three, the Instagram organic algorithm has changed. Okay, this last year the algorithm has changed a lot. I don't think anybody will argue with with that. Okay, today. In my opinion, it's almost impossible to build a large audience of your followers by just thinking that you're going to do one post a day of a meme or a video, right? It requires, and if you are going to build a robust following of your target market, it requires a combination of free and paid collaborations plus great content. Do you agree, John? I agree. And I think the biggest thing that the algorithm rewards because they finally figured out this part of it is authenticity. So a lot of the times, especially in the entrepreneurial kind of marketing space, there are a lot of fake accounts, but you have to go and kind of research marketing and sales to even find them. Whereas if you just get like a typical, you know, account and you post on it every day, the algorithm registers, okay, this account has been doing what it's supposed to. It's organic. There's not like, 4,000 likes on one post. They didn't shoot up a thousand followers in one day and it rewards that. So if you're posting your content every day, it'll put it in front of more and more of the same people. And another thing is the time that you post is very crucial. The algorithm rewards consistent posting at the same time every day. So you want to put that post up, pick a time, put it up. And then if you more than one a day, try to hit those same times again, because what the algorithm will actually do is put it in front of your best followers as in the followers that interact and are more likely to like and comment on your content. Yeah. And you know, Instagram gives you some pretty decent analytics and it, it'll actually tell you what the best time of day to post is. It'll give you, it gives you some, you know, analytics sometimes, and it'll tell you when people are engaging with your content the most. Is it nine o'clock in the morning? Is it noon? Is it nine o'clock at night? And then you can just schedule your posts that way or not necessarily schedule them, but you can make sure you log on to post your stuff organically that way. Okay, so that's number three. We got to get moving. Number four. All right, this was a mistake that I made early on and that was focusing on hashtags that had the largest number of posts, right? So there are some hashtags like entrepreneur and motivational quotes and some really popular hashtags that have millions and millions and millions of posts. And I thought that, well, if there's more posts, it means they're more popular. And if I use those hashtags, my content will get seen more often. When in reality, that's not necessarily the best strategy. What, what a better strategy might be is to find a little bit more niche hashtags that don't have quite as much competition or quite as many posts, which will allow you to kind of stand out and maybe even rise to the top of that hashtag. That was one that we learned. I remember that was, uh, that was one that kind of surprised me a little bit. But after thinking about it a little bit, it just made sense. Yeah, it definitely makes sense for the basic reason of who you're competing with. So if you put a post up and the hashtag has 400 posts under it, or it has 20 million, you're competing with either 20 million or 400 posts. Right. So you have to get a lot of likes to win that 20 million hashtag. So you, you're better off getting that engagement that you do get beating out the other 400 and owning that hashtag. And then as you grow your account, you can go after bigger and better hashtags and bigger and better audiences. So it's set up for you to kind of slowly scale to a higher level, but 
again, working with the algorithm is really the takeaway here. Don't work against the algorithm. Don't put 4,000 likes on one post and pay for it because you're going to maybe win a hashtag for one day, but the algorithm will punish you for several weeks after that. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. I agree. You know, that was something that kind of shocked me a little bit, but since we've started integrating that, I've definitely seen some definite difference in regards to the engagement with those other hashtags. So number five, network with other Instagram accounts, with other profiles, with other people that are around your size or maybe a little bit bigger, but around your size and do a shout for shout type strategy, not paid. You're not paying them. They're not paying you. It's you're promoting them to your audience and they're promoting you to their audience. Now, the key here is you want to make sure that the audience is in line with your audience, right? So, I mean, you know, I'm not, because I'm focused on B2B entrepreneurs and and sales and marketing, I'm not going to do a shout out with someone that has a health or travel page, right? I mean, I'm going to be doing someone who is entrepreneurial or business or sales or marketing. So, you just want to make sure those are in line. And again, like I said, just make sure they're the right type of followers. What's your comments on that, John? Just make sure when you're networking with people, it's people that you know first, because the more out there you are, the harder it is to kind of leverage your network. And Dennis, you're the best leverager that I know. And I would say that something about, you know, really just sending someone an email that you already know, hey, can you repost that, which we did, is a huge advantage that you and a lot of people listening to this podcast probably have. So Think about your social media and think about your friends and their social media and you can just talk to them and figure out a good social media strategy that doesn't involve any money, any marketing dollars and cross promote the content for each other. It is important, like you said, not to be in a travel niche and then your friend is in a sales niche that's not really going to work. But if you guys are both in the sales niche and it's a very obvious win for both accounts. Yeah. You know, that's a really good point. You know, Start with your closest inner circle and then work your way outwards versus going to complete strangers and then trying to work your way in. I think that's, I think that's a perfect add-on to what I, that, the lesson there. So perfect. Awesome. Number six. Now, this was something that we did and we wanted to test it and it's kind of what we call our $5 a day strategy, right? So what we started doing is with some of our posts, we would promote, we'd do a $5 advertising campaign for one day. Basically, we'd put five bucks behind one of the posts to try to see what type of engagement it would bring to the post. And what I saw after doing this, and once we saw the engagement, you know, we started doing it almost every day, you know, probably at least 20 plus times per month was it literally on a range anywhere from between three and six X, the number, the amount of engagement you would get on a normal post. So for example, if you were normally getting, just for easy math, if you were getting 10 likes and comments, you know, it would increase it to somewhere between 30 and 60, which is significant, especially it's only five bucks, right? So I mean, if you factor that over the course of the month and you're doing 20 days, it's a hundred bucks, but you can literally quadruple, you know, or more the engagement on your content. And what I, the reason why I like that was because number one, when you get followers on Instagram, it doesn't mean that they're always seeing your organic content, right? Because the algorithm doesn't show your content to everybody. So number one, you're going to be promoting to new people that aren't your followers, but you're also going to be putting your content in front of your existing followers and you can put it in front of them, which brings them back where they engage more. And then obviously the more they engage, the more they're going to see your content. So I thought that was a great strategy for very, very low cost. 
we played around with different audiences. We played around with different geography. We played around with a bunch of different stuff. We found a few things that worked for us, and then we just kind of stuck with those. So I thought that was a great strategy. What did you think, John? Exactly what you said, but I just want to add on that when you promote your posts, you're doing something that a lot, like you're getting a, an advantage over a lot of people. Think of your Instagram account as kind of an, a long-term investment. You're not going to get, but with a boosted post, you're not going to get an audience member that you don't want because it is your content. If you actually take a look at Dennis's Instagram, all of the posts with his Instagram address on it are very simple. They have a message, they have where he's located. And I've actually noticed people just reposting these motivational and business-like images just simply off the fact that he's boosting these $5 posts. So it does work, it does spread awareness, and you actually get more than you pay for once, the, uh, once you do it consistently. So the consistency is really what matters, plus boosting the posts every single time. But you don't have to spend any more than $5. It's really just a simple thing you can do to make your account more visible. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's very low cost and it definitely creates some additional awareness, definitely gets a lot more engagement. And, you know, I think that's where those relationships all start is kind of arm's length with some basic engagement. And then maybe you start going into the DMs or they start commenting. And then all of a sudden you can start developing a real relationship, which is ultimately where we want to get to. Right. All right. So cool. So number seven, so this was a hard one. This was a hard pill for me to swallow. I'm a LinkedIn guy, as you guys all know. I've spent the last decade on LinkedIn. I've spent thousands of hours, have built a huge network, and have been very, very blessed and fortunate with LinkedIn. And LinkedIn has its own kind of style, and its own engagement. And what I found when I came onto Instagram is that the engagement was very, very different, right, than my experience on LinkedIn. Most people from a comment, in the comment perspective, if they're commenting on one of your feed posts, you know, they might comment with one word or they might just throw out a couple of emojis. And it, it just seemed very, almost very shallow, right? Almost very shallow, not very deep, very difficult to engage with because there's just not a lot there to talk about. So it's hard to start a dialogue. But what I did find, so that was the negative side of the engage. What I did find is that direct messages, DMs, are a great way, right, to engage with people, right? So they're, people are pretty active in their DMs. They will, re- if you send them a DM, they'll respond in a lot of cases. You know, you can get a really nice dialogue. And I was able to actually get dialogues that I was able to convert those conversations offline into the real world, which is ultimately where my business wants to go, right? I don't sell my products online typically, right? Especially my consulting and my coaching products. So ultimately, I want to move those conversations offline. So I did find that the engagement was a little bit shallow compared to LinkedIn, but there's definitely a way to make it work with direct messages on Instagram. What, what were your thoughts, John? Yeah, the direct message feature is a major victory for any kind of influencer, but also when going from LinkedIn to Instagram, it is a lot more simpler. So there is kind of that, okay, how do I, I have a really complex and you know, effective message. How do I become effective? But yet, so you're basically kind of shooting yourself in the foot. So you have to kind of figure out a way to make your message a little bit more digestible and a little bit smaller. But at the same time, it's, it's almost like a, it's the message isn't the point. It's kind of a lead up to that direct message conversation. So you want people DMing you, Hey, great post. Hey, I love what you do. 
hey, what's this, what's that? Because that's really where the magic of Instagram takes effect. There's a lot of people on there that aren't necessarily on LinkedIn, but are interested in business, might be interested in doing business with you or just are a good relationship to have. So it's an audience you definitely can't afford to miss out on, in my opinion, but also it's an audience that you kind of have to do a little bit of groundwork to access. Yeah, no, perfect. That's awesome. Now, number eight, Okay, John, this one, I think you'll probably remember this one kind of threw me for a loop a little bit at the beginning, but then I got pretty good at it and I got pretty, I started digging it. I really started enjoying it and it was Instagram stories. When I first got on Instagram, Instagram stories were like, I was like, what the hell is this doing? Why am I doing this? Why are people doing stories? And then I started to understand how it worked and I realized that Number one, it's a great way to drive traffic, not only to your profile, but to drive traffic to your other content off of Instagram, right? A couple of the things that I did in Instagram stories that I really liked, a couple of the features in Instagram stories that I really liked were the questions, the polls, the quizzes. We did some chats, right? So we created content in the stories that leveraged some of these different engagement features and I'll tell you, those were some of the most meaningful conversations and relationships that I was able to develop. So I'm a big fan of stories now. And so, you know, again, I think that was some, a little bit of a learning curve for me. And I think it might be a little bit of a learning curve for you, but trust me, it's worth the time and energy. What do you think, John? Age where anonymity is so like, it's so big all over the internet. Like people, they crave that personal connection. They crave that personal interaction. And it actually is more credible and people will take your, the same thing. If you post it on Instagram, you put it on your story, the story is going to be the one that hits home. If you make a Facebook status, even Facebook has a feature where you can put stories up. If you get that video up of you and people see, oh, it's Dennis saying this, they're going to be a lot more willing to listen because there's a face behind it. You know, they can interact with you. They're very comfortable in reaching out at that point because they know, okay, this is a real person. And if you look on the internet in general, what's promoted and what a lot of people are marketing with is that kind of anonymous, do this, do that. You don't know who's posting it. You don't know where it's coming from. But with this, it's kind of a huge advantage to maybe a smaller business or even someone who just has that time and you want to reinvest it into your audience. You don't have to spend any money. You just turn on the camera. You talk about your day. You talk about what's going on. You really relate to people and it pays huge dividends in the long run because even if you've never met Dennis Brown in your life, you watch his stories every day, you could probably tell me a lot about him. Yeah, I was really surprised because the stories started driving a lot of views to the profile and they weren't just views from my existing followers. They were people that I wasn't even, you know, that weren't even following me. So I was really surprised some of the people that were that were viewing the stories, engaging with the stories. So big fan of stories. I would definitely make sure you learn how to use them. It took me a little bit of time, but once I got used to it, you know, I thought that that was one of my favorite features actually. So, all right, number nine, leverage your other platforms. So for example, if you have an email list, if you have a blog, if you've got other social followings, right? Leverage them to drive engagement and traffic over to your Instagram profile, right? So that's one of your, as a business, those other platforms are one of your biggest assets, right? So for example, I've got an email list. It's probably, it's 40 some thousand people. And so ultimately that's an asset that I can tap and do anytime I want. It costs me zero to send out a message. If I put the right message out there, I'm going to drive traffic to my Instagram profile, which is going to convert into some views and followers and and who knows where it goes from there. I also did 
I also promoted it on LinkedIn. I did a promotion about Instagram on LinkedIn a couple times. And I also did, one of the things that we did here not that long ago was I did a pop-up on one of my blogs that basically said, if you're looking for, you know, more training and motivation and inspiration, visit my Instagram account. And it was a little pop-up when they scrolled down a certain amount on the page, it popped up. And then all of a sudden, so I, and I did that as a test. You know, I told John, I said, Hey, I'm going to do this as a test. And he said, that was a great idea. And the next thing you know, it started driving a good amount of traffic and I was able to convert the viewers. I think it turned out to be somewhere around, you know, 13 to 15% of the people that viewed my blog pages that where that was, uh, where that was attached actually clicked and went to my Instagram profile. So I thought that was good. And I've noticed that some of the, I've noticed a little bit of spike in new users and, and I could tell where they're coming from because that blog is very niche oriented. So I kind of can see who those people are. So leveraging those other assets was a really important tool. And it's something that I'll be honest with you, I don't see a lot of other people doing. I see them doing a lot of promotion on Instagram to try to build their following, but I don't see them doing a lot of promotion on their other platforms and their other using their other assets. What do you think? Yes. And uh, this is big because if you want to be one step ahead in the social media game, you definitely, and I'm obsessed with this, it's called omni-channel presence. You want to have a lot of different channels and they all want to be confirming your legitimacy through confirmation bias. So basically you want to have your Facebook confirm their legitimacy, your Instagram, you look at Instagram, it'll, okay, he's on Instagram too. Because some people, if they delete their Facebook, they're gone from the internet. So the more channels you have, the more legitimate you seem to people. And on top of that, the legitimacy spikes when you're cross-promoting these channels. And I see so many people making this mistake. They put all day into their Twitter. They put all day into their Facebook, but they don't have another account because that's, that's just not a successful account. So what you're doing is really smart because you're already really successful on LinkedIn. Your LinkedIn hasn't slowed down at all. But at the same time, you're building this new channel. It's not only reaffirming your legitimacy to the internet, but it's building a kind of brand that you can continue to expand into other platforms and ultimately like connect audiences and reach audiences that you never thought were possible or could afford. Yeah. So omni-channel, omnipresence, I will be honest with you guys, is not easy, right? It's very hard to manage let's say four or five different platforms, right? If you've got LinkedIn, you've got Facebook and you've got Twitter and you've got Instagram, it's not easy. So what you'll learn is you'll learn that either you'll partner and outsource some of that, you'll systematize it, you'll get better at creating content where you can reuse content from LinkedIn and now you can reuse that on Instagram. So it can definitely be done and it's definitely worth the investment because again, there's a lot of people in your target market you know, that don't necessarily spend, they may have a a LinkedIn account, but they might not spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, right? Actually logged in. So they're not seeing your content. They're not seeing your messages. Those same people may spend a lot of time on Instagram, even though they're in B2B, they might not be on Instagram trying to learn how to do, you know, some sort of marketing, but they're on Instagram. So you can now develop a relationship, capture their attention, and then maybe convert them into a conversation offline or into some sort of a lead from there. So I do believe in the omni-channel approach, and I do believe that cross-promoting into those other channels to launch a new channel was definitely one of the advantages that I had because I did have the LinkedIn following, I do have the email database, I do have a YouTube following and some other some other things. So it was a huge asset. So definitely build those up. And you don't want to be just reliant on one platform, right? If something happens with that platform, then you're in trouble. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Cool. And number nine, okay? 
One of the things I did learn is that driving traffic off of Instagram is very hard unless you have the swipe up feature. Now, for those of you that already know this, in order to get the swipe up feature on stories, you have to have 10,000 followers. So, quick story. As a part of our promotion, a part of this learning curve, a part of this experiment, we grew the account to over 12,000 followers pretty quickly doing some of these contests and sweepstakes and diff- different giveaway strategies. But, so I had, I had the swipe up feature for, eh, let's call it a couple of weeks, right? I had it for a couple of weeks. And then what happened was because of those contests and because of the lesson I shared with you in number one, which was those contests were not in direct line with my brand and my product, a lot of those followers disappeared and unfollowed me. So now at the time of those recording, I think my followers are six, I think it was around 6,600 roughly followers. So it's fallen back. But the good news is, is it's starting to grow again. So it took a little bit of time. That was an important lesson. But I did have the advantage of using stories for a period of time. And I can tell you it definitely works. But without story, or not necessarily with stories, but with the swipe up feature through stories. But I can tell you that if you don't have that feature, it can be challenging to drive traffic off of Instagram. Now, Instagram, that's by design, right? Instagram wants to keep you in their ecosystem. They want to keep you on Instagram so that they can sell more advertising, right? That's part of their business model. So I get it, but it can be challenging. I tried driving traffic to my podcast, right? To to this growth experts podcast through Instagram and without that swipe up feature, it was really tough. What are your thoughts, John? Yeah, the swipe up is a huge tool, not just for Instagram, but in general for accessing your audience because once you hit that 10,000 mark and you have access to the swipe up, the story is already the most effective tool of engagement on Instagram as far as connecting with the audience. So you have kind of a a call to action at the end of the story, you're going to really convert those people into whatever you need them to be converted into. So the definitely swipe up is crucial. And then on top of that, when Dennis reached 12,000 for a couple weeks, if you notice, he was using the swipe up in a really interesting way. He was doing it he was making a story and then he was putting the swipe up near the end. It's really important because you want to kind of set it up in a way where it's almost like you're kind of closing a sale or you're making a deal. Like you want to set it up to where you're, you know, talking about a subject and then end it with the swipe up. And you can send people just to an article you wrote. It doesn't need to be, you know, always monetary or go to like something you're selling. So it's a really good tool and it makes people feel like, okay, I'm not just clicking a button. I'm doing a little bit more. And usually they get a little bit more uh, reward, especially in their brain of, okay, like I just interacted with Dennis, even though all I really did was swipe up. Yeah. So definitely stories, definitely get the swipe up feature feature if you can. And again, you got to get to 10,000 followers in order to drive that off. And I wasn't really trying to monetize it. I was really just trying to drive traffic to this podcast to see, you know, if I could leverage that as a tool. And it did work while I had it. But now that we've learned the lessons about giveaways and contests, you know, we got we to hit that, that 10,000 again before we're going to get that feature back. But for those of you that want the cheat sheet or the resource here where you can download and get access to these 10 lessons and you can take them with you, again, just text 44222 and you're going to text IG lessons. Okay. It's IG lessons, L-E-S-S-O-N-S. Okay. So if you text that, it's going to send you a message back. It's going to give you a link where you can download the this cheat sheet. It'll just be like two pages long. It'll be real short. 
And then you can have all these lessons and hopefully save a lot of time and energy. And so I'm going to give my big takeaway before of this experiment, right? I'm going to give the big take, my big takeaway from this experiment. Then John's going to give it. And then we're going to try to wrap it up for today. But my big takeaway is this, building a social media following on any platform. I don't care if it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or other, right? It takes time. It takes patience. It takes resources and it takes the ability to adapt to change because they're ever changing, right? Just when you start to think you've got it figured out, they start changing a little bit. So you have to be able to adapt and execute quickly, right? And what I found out, you know, the best strategy for Instagram really isn't much different than any other platform. It's very similar to how I grew my LinkedIn platform, right? It's how I grew my following on LinkedIn. Consistently post great content that's relevant to your target market engage with the people that want to engage with you, you know, leverage Instagram stories and DMs to develop relationships. So, I mean, it's very, very similar to LinkedIn. And my advice is this, stay focused, you know, try not to focus on hacks, right? Because those are only going to last for a certain amount of time. Consistently show up, use it to develop meaningful relationships versus just trying to be another influencer. So those are my big takeaways. John, anything you want to add before we close it out today? Yeah, just make sure that you engage with your audience. This is a big thing that really I saw with your account that really has helped you get not only get followers, but get those direct messages. Every single time someone posts on your account, they want that little uh, bit of love of, hey, I just took the effort to comment on your picture. Just comment like, hey, like, thanks for commenting. If you have a specific thought about what they said, you know, say what you think. But all they really care about is that you respond because they took the time to write you and you don't want to lose that potential audience member. And people will stay with you for a long time off of one interaction and it'll make them feel good. And then like you said, quality content has to be simple and relevant. And then my other advice is to outsource. A lot of the times, you know, like I was talking about before, omni-channel presence, like you can't manage all these social media options that you have, but they're really good options for taking advantage of markets that you didn't have access to before. So outsource that if you can. If you can't automate it, but don't automate it too much because you want it to be real. So make sure you're careful with what you're automating and really create that kind of direct communication with your audience. And yeah, we're going to get you back to 10K really soon. Awesome. Very cool. Well, listen, if you guys want that cheat sheet, the 10 lessons that I learned from the Instagram experiment, send a text to 44222 and the just send a message, IG lessons. And John, let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about Social to the Limit, and then we'll wrap it up for today. You can find me on Instagram at Coffee Drinker John. You can find me on Twitter at Limit Social. And uh, I'm sending out a newsletter starting next Monday. So if you follow my Twitter, you can actually get access to the newsletter. The Twitter's Limit Social. And my first tweet is about this podcast. So thank you so much. Love it, John. Appreciate all the help. Appreciate you helping me, you know, get this thing up and running. I'm excited to get back to 10K. But more importantly, I'm excited to continue to deliver good value there, develop some relationships. And, you know, and we're going to see where this whole thing can go a year from now. Maybe we'll have you back on and we'll do a quick update. Yes, sir. Thanks All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. Thanks, John. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.